Well, two weeks ago, Pastor Daryl Nelson began our current series on I Am. And Pastor shared with us from Israel's inception that God revealed himself as the I Am. God is the one who was, who is, who will always be. He's completely distinct. He's absolutely other. Uh, some of you may be old enough to remember the old cartoon character named Popeye. Uh, Popeye the Sailor Man. Anybody here remember Popeye the Sailor Man watching him? All right. Remember Popeye had a saying. He says, I am what I am and that's all that I am. And he used to say that all the time. I am that I am and that's all that I am. God is distinct. He's other. He is who he is, not what we say he is, not what we think he should be. And yet this God wants to be known. God does not hide himself or will himself to be a riddle or a sphinx. God wants to be known. So God has revealed himself, and the ultimate revelation of God is Jesus himself. So last week, Pastor Darrell talked about how Jesus is the bread of life. And this morning, I want to focus on Jesus as the light of the world in John chapter 8. Uh, this is the second of the eight I am sayings that are in the Gospel of John. And the setting of this I am statement is really interesting. In the beginning of chapter 7, the disciples are all planning to go to Jerusalem to the Feast of Tabernacles. The celebration of the Feast of the Tabernacles was a time for the people of Israel to remember the stories of their ancestors who had traveled through the wilderness for 40 years with Moses in the Exodus. And specifically, this festival commemorated the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the mobile temple that the Israelites would set up at the center of their nomadic camp, their tribe, and it served as their movable temple during the years of those wilderness travels. We read in Exodus that God's presence went before Israel in different forms. During the day, God's presence was visible as a cloud, and during the night, it was a glowing pillar of fire. Now, in Exodus, we learned that whenever the presence of God would move, the people would move along with it. They'd follow it. Wherever the presence of God stopped, the people would make camp right there, set up the tabernacle right in the place where God's presence was visible in the daytime cloud and the nighttime glowing fire. Now, fast forward to the time of Jesus, to the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. The temple in Jerusalem replaces the tabernacle tent. So now the temple was the place where the Israelites would go to be near the presence of God. And during this particular festival, the people would commemorate the way in which God's presence was first revealed to the Jewish people in the time of the original tabernacle. And this festival took place in the autumn it's a celebration that coincided with the harvest of all the produce that becomes ripe to pick at the end of the growing season, fruit trees and that sort of thing. And it also meant that daylight was getting shorter. And darkness came sooner as the season was approaching the winter solstice. And so another feature of the Feast of Tabernacles, which took place in the outer courts of the temple, 
was the priest would set up 16 enormous brass bowls on high stands. And the bowls would be filled with oil. And then the soaked old priestly garments that the Levites used for the past season, the past year, they served as the wicks that were placed in these bowls. And as sundown approached, a priest would climb up a ladder and use a torch to light each of these 16 cauldron-style lanterns. And as darkness fell, the light coming from the temple court on the hill would illuminate the city. Remember, this is a time long before electricity or light bulbs. When the sun went down, it got dark. It got really dark. Nowadays, it's really hard to understand how dark it is because we have, we have light pollution now. We refer to it as light pollution. You can't go anywhere where there's not illumination somewhere. But go somewhere really dark back in the woods and in a dark night, and there's just, you can't see your hands in front of your face. That's the way it was then. But now there's this tremendous light. Imagine then that during this one particular festival, all the people in Jerusalem could see this great light coming from the temple court. And remember, this is how God revealed his presence at night to their ancestors so long ago in the wilderness through the light that shone above the tabernacle. Now notice where Jesus is when he says what he says in John 8.20. John 8.20, it says, He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near where the offerings were put. Jesus spoke these in the outer court where the 16 giant lamps would be set up during the festival time. It is right beneath these lights that symbolize God's presence that Jesus speaks the words, I am the light of the world. The festival of God's presence, seen symbolically in all those lights, that's Jesus now. God's ultimate revelation of himself is Jesus Christ. John says in John 1.1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and lived among us. It's Jesus you want to know what God looks like? You look at Jesus. You want to th know what God thinks of children? You look at Jesus saying, let the children come to me. You want to know what God thinks about sinners? You look at Jesus being the friend of sinners. You want to know what God thinks about outcasts? You look at Jesus telling lepers to come to him and touching them. You want to know what God looks like? You look at Jesus. Jesus is the supreme revelation of the character of God. And this Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. There's just something beautiful about light in darkness. It's distinct. It's other. Last, uh, this last couple of months, my wife and I have really been uh, trying to get out in the winter, and I'm not a big winter person, uh, but we've been doing a lot of snowshoeing uh, before the deep freeze here, and one of the things we've really enjoyed is snowshoeing at night, uh, and it's just a wonderful thing to be out in the darkness, complete darkness, with only a, a small uh, snow trail illuminating your path, but then we went and bought headlights. 
little lamps that go on our heads and everything. And it's beautiful to be out in the dark with this light shining in the snow and how it gleams and makes the world just light up. Jesus is saying, comes to ordinary people like you and me and offers to bring light into our darkness, to dispel the darkness. You can now live in the presence and under the light of God. So you who lie in bed awake at night filled with worry and anxiety and fear, you can come over time through the help of his spirit to live in the light of his peace. You who are eaten up by pride and grandiosity and throwing your life away in a race to establish your greatness, you can find the light of freedom in humility. You who lead double lives, who live in deception, you can find the light of honesty and truth-telling. You who may be burdened with the weight of sin and regret, you can live in the light of his grace and forgiveness. And Jesus loved to communicate this wonderful good news. John 10.10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's life beginning right now and for all eternity. And if you want that kind of life, Jesus simply offers an invitation. Jesus always offers an invitation. He says, follow me. Real simple. Follow me. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in Jesus' day, what that meant was really clear. It meant they would actually physically follow Jesus. They'd actually do it. They would leave everything. They would just hang out with him so that they could get a clear picture of what that life is that he is offering. And by watching him, they would see what his life was about. And then they would watch the things that Jesus did that he practiced to receive this life from his father. And they would watch him as he would go and be alone. And they would watch him as he would pray. And they would watch him as he was obedient to the leadings of the spirit. And they would watch him as he lived with others and how he treated them. They would watch him as he practiced servanthood. And they would just watch the things that he did to receive his life. And to follow Jesus means to enter into a life of training, to be with Jesus, to learn from Jesus how to live like Jesus, to live a Jesus-y kind of life. Follow me, Jesus invites. But you know what? So many people missed it. All through John chapter 7 and 8, there are people who hear this invitation of Jesus and they don't take him up on his offer. The Pharisees and religious leaders are offended and respond in opposition. The great crowds in town for the festival seem to respond with skepticism. They're all in the dark. But this is where we have to be real careful. We all don't want to be the ones who read this story and hear this word and breathe a sigh of grief that we get it, that we know who Jesus is, that we see Jesus, that we're not the ones living in darkness. 
We all want to quickly jump to a conclusion that the ones living in darkness today are the people who don't know Jesus, don't go to church, don't read the Bible. And it seems like a pretty quick and easy answer for us to just simply close this service, say thank you to Jesus that we're not living in darkness, hallelujah. But that's not how the story goes. This is not how John bends it. It is not only the people outside away from Jesus who are living darkness. It is the people right there among him who are confused and cannot see the light of Jesus even though he's right there. We need to place ourselves into this story as those who desperately need to hear those words of Jesus even today. We are the people who still need every day for Jesus to light our hearts and reveal himself among us. Those gathered around Jesus at the Feast of Tabernacles all thought the exact same thing. They saw the torches lighting up all of Jerusalem and they thought they had it in the bag. Just being born into the right nation was enough. Showing up at the right place, doing the right things was enough. Like rules and ritual are the standards of lightness rather than Jesus. But Jesus invites all of them out of it. Just showing up on Sunday and behaving by all the right rules is not what it means to live in the light. Jesus says, follow me. Learn from me how to live in the light. And let me ask you this morning, have you accepted Jesus' invitation to follow him? Imagine tomorrow morning when you wake up and you say a little prayer, Jesus, today I want to follow you. I want to learn from you how to live like you. And so you start your day You and Jesus together. Nobody else can see him. It's kind of a secret thing between the two of you, but you find that it will make all the difference in the world because you are doing your day with Jesus. And you find that it changes your whole mindset, your whole attitude. You find that you're not just troubled and anxious about everything. And you go to work. And your boss tells you about some real serious problem. He says, it's your responsibility. What are you going to do about this? And you say, God only knows. And Jesus says, I do know. And he helps you. And Jesus actually gives you wisdom and energy and guidance for your work. He gives you ideas. Sometimes he will tell you, I want you to figure this out on your own. I want to stretch you. I want to build you. And your relationships are all different because Jesus is always there with every person you encounter. Always between you and that person, there's Jesus. And you notice the way that Jesus looks at that person. You see how much Jesus loves that person. And kind of a funny thing begins to happen after all. You find yourself looking at other people the way Jesus sees them. And you find yourself seeing in that person what Jesus sees in that person. And you find yourself starting to respond to that person the way that Jesus does. Not because you have to, but because you want to. 
You find yourself talking to him quite a, a lot through the day. While you're eating your breakfast, you just talk to him. While you're driving your car, you look over, and there's Jesus watching you drive, and he looks real nervous. So you find yourself slowing down a little bit. You're careful about how you salute other drivers. You find it makes a difference in the way you handle your money and the way you spend your leisure time. And you find your level of gratitude and confidence and wonder and joy going up and you don't feel very lonely. And you find not only do you like being with him, you like who you are becoming in his presence. You discover he's really polite. He will not intrude his presence where he's not wanted. And sometimes the truth is there are moments when you don't want him around. There are moments, to tell you the truth, when you want to do something and say something and you'd rather not have him see it. But amazingly, you can talk to him even about that. He understands. And he says, we can work on this, you and me. We'll work it out. And you end the day together, the two of you, looking back on this day that you have walked through, and you talk about what went really well, and you talk about where things kind of got off keister a little bit. You see, this decision to follow Jesus is not just a one-time deal. This is something you do daily. And there are going to be times you're going to mess up there are times that you are going to walk away and not follow Jesus. This is the amazing thing about Jesus. You know, the first time Simon Peter meets Jesus, Jesus says to him in Mark, first chapter, Mark 1, he says, follow me, and Peter follows him. And at the end of the Gospel of John, where Jesus says here, I am the light of the world, at the very end of this, this book, after the crucifixion and the resurrection, after Peter in darkness denies Jesus, denounces him, walks away. Jesus restores him to the fold. And do you know what Jesus' last words are to Peter? They're going to come up on the screen here. He says, Peter, follow me again. Just follow me. And now, of course, there is a whole new depth in understanding, and Peter again decides that he will follow Jesus. Every day, every day, Jesus says to you, follow me. Every day. To walk in my light. And my question for you this morning is, have you made that decision? Have you said, no matter what, I am going to learn to be with Jesus to learn from Jesus how to live like Jesus. He is the light of life. Follow him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your son Jesus the ultimate revelation of who you are in your heart. We thank you, Lord, as uh, we now go to celebrate and remember the Lord's table.
the sacrifice that made this life. But we also remember and are reminded this morning that through Jesus we have eternal life, but we also have life right here, right now. Every day and every moment is an opportunity to live a Jesus-y kind of life. Thank you for your revealed Son. Thank you for Jesus coming to live that life, showing us how to live that life, calling us to live that life, empowering us to live that life, freeing us to live that life. Lord, I pray that everybody here would take up that invitation to come and follow Jesus. I pray, Lord, that they will not put it off. And if we ever get discouraged, if we ever realize that we failed, again, we just get up and say, I'm going to follow you today. Thank you for your love, for your grace, for your mercy for your forgiveness. It's all made possible because of Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.